I'm Josh Kingsley, your host for the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast, where we give you stress-free wedding advice from the experts. At the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast, we believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Our topic today is intel from very knowledgeable wedding pros. In this instance, I'm not talking about the photographer, DJ, caterer, or even your parents. The wedding pros I'm talking about are your guests, and in particular, your peers. These guests have spent countless weekends and vacation time traveling to and attending weddings. We're going to be exploring a variety of topics as we walk through wedding days. We'll get direct intel from your family and friends who have seen it all, what they like, what they love, and what they're afraid to say to friends in the thick of wedding planning. Please give it up for your generation of the matrimonial moment, millennials, professional wedding guests. Today, I am joined by Travis Quinn and Amanda Novak. Welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Josh. You bet. All right. So the first question that I want to get into, uh, let's just think about this. Most people's lives follow a similar path to this. You finish high school, you go to college or some kind of trade school, you go to work, and then you spend your mid-20s to your early 30s growing your career. You probably went to a wedding here or there in high school and college, and you certainly will have some in your mid to late 30s. But for the most part, the weddings are happening in that same mid-20s to early 30s time frame. You two are there. So as this is all happening in your growing careers, how many weddings are you being invited to every year, and how many are you actually able to attend? Oh, gosh, let's see. I've been out of college for four years now. Um, so a lot of the weddings that I get invited to are people, you know, that I grew up with, people that I went to college with, um, a lot of my current friends, and then, you know, some cousins, some family members that are around the same age that I am. Um, and I would say I've been invited to probably, oh gosh, maybe about like nine or 10 weddings in the past 18 months. And I've been able to actually attend about five or six of them. Gotcha. Travis, what does that look like for you? Oh, man, I'd say within the last five years or so, I've definitely been to anywhere between five and 10 weddings a year as well. Um, this year, obviously, is slightly different, but uh, that means I probably got more towards the 10 range next year as well. Good stuff. Amanda kind of answered part of this next question, but so Travis, we'll start with you. So geographically speaking, do you live close to where you grew up and have most of your friends kind of stayed around that area? Or are you a traveling band of gypsies that spread out all over the country since you've finished school? Sure. Uh, I definitely recently made the journey back home. So for me, I live about five, 10 miles now from where I grew up. However, uh, a lot of my friends, high school and college now are scattered across the, uh, across the country, actually, a couple out of country as well. So um, whenever I do need to go to a wedding, um, it's 50-50 that I'm definitely booking a plane ticket. Nice. Amanda, what does that situation look like for you? Yeah, so majority of my friends live where I live. Um, you know, college friends, grade school friends, you know, even new friends that I've made just growing up. Um, they all live pretty close to me, so that's, it makes it a lot easier to go to weddings. Um, some of my family members though, like, you know, my cousin just got married in October and she's down in California. Um, 
one of my other friends lives up in New York and she's getting married, you know, so it, it's tough, but majority of my friends and family members and stuff that weddings I can attend are around the area I live in. Um, there's a couple here and there throughout the United States, but most of them I, I'm pretty close to, so. Gotcha. Uh, Amanda mentioned the the mix of the group before, but Travis, when when we're talking about weddings that you're being invited to, are you primarily looking at college, high school friends, friends from back home, cousin assembly, siblings, or other connections like work people? Uh, I'd say the majority of my weddings are definitely through family or friends. Um, I do have a couple through work, but I'd say 75 to 80% of the weddings I have are for either close friends or family. Gotcha. So overall, it sounds like you're getting a ton of invitations just from, from both of you. And it, and it looks like there's a lot of times where you're going to end up having to travel, which, you know, weddings typically happen on weekends. So think of a Saturday, but you're going to have to dedicate at least part of that Friday getting to where you're going. So when we're, when we're thinking about the weddings you're being invited to, is this typically as a member of the wedding party or as a, as a guest? Uh, I'll, I'll start answering that. Oh, or go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so majority of them, I would say, is definitely guests. Um, but, you know, considering the five or six that I've been able to attend, I have been a part of three of them. So, um, you know, out of the 10 or so that I've been invited to in the past year and a half, a third of them I get to stand up in. Um, but most of them, it's, it's attending as a guest. Yep. And then for me, just to answer that as well, um, I'd say uh, about 20% of the time I'm standing and the rest of them, I'm definitely a guest. Okay. So let's talk about uh, standing as a member of the wedding party. Uh, I know there's generally going to be some additional expectations and, and possibly even things you're going to be doing day before pre. So what does that normally look like? Travis, it, it sounds like you've, you've stood in, in quite a few weddings here recently. What extra, outside of being a guest, expectations do you generally go in um, knowing that you're going to have to fulfill? Uh, well, right away, I guess, I know that I'm going to have to probably go get a suit. So that means, you know, I've got to figure out, usually with the bride, um, you know, what, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go to get fit? Um, I'm at the point now where I pretty much just know my sizes. So if they are getting um, pretty much tailored uniforms, so to say, I can just give them my sizes otherwise. Um, other things that I need to know right away are basically when to show up. Because a lot of times if you're standing up, you're there for, you know, meals beforehand for practice. So instead of, you know, leaving on a Friday, you're probably more or less leaving on a Wednesday in order to go do everything that you need to make the wedding great happen starting on Thursday. Any different experience for you, Amanda? Or is it pretty much the same? type of uh, um, well not a suit a dress um, but no it's pretty much the same kind of experience you know if you're a part of the wedding you are a part of a lot of the planning process at least I am you know being a girl and helping my friends with that um, just going to dress fittings um, helping them finalize flower options or you know if her fiance doesn't want to come taste the cake you know helping with some of that stuff um, which makes it easy since I am close and live within proximity it's not like I have to really take off a bunch of time of work or, you know, we can do that on a weekend. Um, majority of the weddings that I do have or attend are on Saturdays. 
So it makes it kind of nice being close that I don't have to take any time off for work. Um, but you know, my cousin's wedding, you know, I would have to take off that Friday for flight, be there Saturday and then fly back Sunday. So it's kind of a whole weekend type thing. But other than just the simple, you know, doing dress fittings and being there for rehearsal and learners the night before, it's, it's nothing crazy, but I love helping with this stuff. So it's a lot of fun for me. So. Well, I, I have to tell you that I, I feel terrible for you that you have to go and do things like taste cake and, and whatnot. <laughs> it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah, I can pull my leg a little harder. <laughs> absolutely miserable. So Travis, how often right. when you're a member of the wedding party, do you find yourself setting up the hall the night before, putting decorations out, or the night of the wedding, cleaning up at 10 o'clock when you're boxing all that stuff up? Um, I'd say typically about 75% of the time, I'm definitely help cleaning up. Usually, I'll be honest, with most of the grooms, uh, we're usually out hitting the links before the wedding. So, um, yeah, the only thing we're pulling our back from is hitting the ball too hard. Man, that, that sounds like a nightmare as well. I feel sorry for you guys already. <laughs> so picture yourself at a, at a typical wedding as the member of the wedding party, or let's just say that you're the date as the member of, of the wedding party, because, I mean, obviously you guys have, you know, significant others and things of that nature. So you're, you're going to weddings for their friends and family as well. Amanda, how many times have you been the date of a member of the wedding party or a member of the wedding party bringing a date and the date only knows, you know, the, the person who's on the wedding party. Yeah. I can only think of about one or two times. Um, and it's a little awkward at first just cause you don't know anybody, you know, but um, once, since they're a part of the wedding party, that means that you get to come on the party bus. You get to be a part of some of those fun activities. And obviously once people start drinking, you get to know people really well. So that definitely breaks the ice. Um, but it's definitely a totally different experience going to a wedding and not knowing a single, well, aside your significant other, knowing a single person and going to weddings where it's family. So, you know, everybody there. Um, I definitely prefer the family weddings just because they're so much more fun. Um, but then you can make so many new friends and go to so many other weddings by making those friendships at the weddings that you don't necessarily know people at to begin with. So, Travis, is that your experience or are you in the uh, place where you don't get to sit with your date and you're kind of off in the corner while they're doing the rehearsal dinner and, and having to force your way into situations or what does that typically look like for you? Uh, it's actually been 50, 50 for me. So if it's more of like a work type wedding where it's one of their work friends, I've definitely been the guy in the corner, but Usually I try to definitely squeeze my way into some sort of social circle where I can feel like I belong. Um, otherwise, um, I'd, I'd say the other 50% of the time, you're usually sitting at a table where, you know, she probably has some friends, so at least you can get to know everybody fairly quickly. But regardless, you have to be a fairly extroverted individual to, to speed up this process, it sounds like. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Wedding so is no place for an introvert. Exactly. Nope. Exactly. Okay. So let's, uh, let's transition to the weddings where you're going and, and you're just a guest. So Amanda, you're, you're showing up to the wedding reception. You've, you've seen the ceremony and you got to figure out where you're sitting for dinner. How often are you looking at table numbers and just frantically trying to find your name, knowing that you're probably in one of the teens as opposed to the single digits and yep. you know how often do you get a look at uh like your last name or your date's last name you know what does that normally look like yeah so 
majority of the time, luckily, I am sitting with my significant other, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, looking for those place cards, you know, having um, brides nowadays like to have these giant, you know, mirrors with the seating arrangements on it or fun decorative um, features to help display that. And it's kind of funny, you know, going through starting at the top and looking all the way down to the bottom and, you know, there's your name. Um, but it, it, you know, having seated or seating arrangements is nice because hopefully you think that the bride and groom take into consideration who's going to be sitting with you and who you might get along with or something like that. Um, I do prefer that for weddings that I don't necessarily know everybody at, but if it's family or close friends, you know, non-assigned seating is probably one of my favorites just because you get to sit wherever you want, sit with who you want. Um, and sometimes it's easier for the bride and groom to not have to worry about making a whole seating chart, but I see why they do it if they need to, for sure. So. So when you're, when you're the individual that doesn't know a ton of people, do you appreciate when the effort is made to put you with the, the friends that you're going to click with and the people Absolutely. that'll also be, uh, you know, loosening up as Travis mentioned um, before? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you hope that you guys click and you get along and there is a reason why you're sitting at that table with them. So it's always appreciated for sure to have that taken into consideration. Travis, what's that normally like uh, for you at the half the weddings you go to where you're uh, a standard issue guest, we'll say? Um, honestly, I usually, I get, I get cast to the table for the uh, land of misfit toys. So um, <laughs> usually that means it's more of the rowdy crowd. So it, it's usually, it's always a good time for me, honestly. I, I've been fortunate enough to not be stuck with, you know, a bunch of squares or anything like that. So it's, uh, weddings are always great for me. Sure. And I'm sure that has nothing to do with you being cool and hanging out with cool people. <laughs> yeah. You can pick your friends. You can't pick your family. That's uh, <laughs> that's definitely a, a true story. So how often do you end up at the table in an assigned seating situation where that table has to move or we don't have a dance floor? Travis, how often does that happen to you at the rowdy table? <laughs> well, I'd say uh, everybody at the table's got some pretty strong arms, so that happens about 90% of the time. <laughs> Unless you're at a very large venue, um, you can pretty much count on having to shuffle, you know, tables, chairs around. Yeah, if it ever comes up, I, I always recommend the couples um, put the people like Travis at that table. Because <laughs> the second the dinner gets over with, you're over at the bar and you don't need to be sitting down at all. But uh, the absolute worst decision you can make is to put your grandparents and aunts and uncles that are, you know, way older than your parents and everything at that, that same uh, seat. Uh, the other bad place to put those people is the, in front of the speakers, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about uh, things like decorations. Amanda, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, you see the seating charts and it's some giant mirror that a lot of effort's been put into. So what do you normally notice about decorations, colors, favors, centerpieces, things of that nature? What, what normally sticks out to you? Yeah, and maybe this is just me being a girl, but I love that stuff. So it definitely can help add that you know, ambiance to a wedding. So by seeing what the centerpieces look like and, you know, what color the place cards are or if they have pretty font on their menu, you know, whatever it is, um, 
I know most people don't really care too much about that, or maybe guys don't necessarily as much. Maybe I'm just weird and really do like all that stuff. Um, but I love seeing like the effort that they put into their centerpieces, especially if it's, you know, a picture of them. I've seen, so some of my friends have done like table one is a picture of the bride and groom when they're one years old. Table two is when they're two years old or second grade, you know, it's something fun like that. And, you know, if they put a lot of effort into it, I want to be able to look back at that and say, oh my God, that was so cool, you know, and um, flowers and color schemes and all that stuff. I, I love, but I know not everybody does. It's just something that I really appreciate. And I, I like to look at and take notes. So if my friends are planning and they want to know what to do, I can give recommendations and um, speak off experience. So Travis, at the risk of uh, sounding totally stereotypical, but she brought it up um, as a, as a guy, how excited do you get about this stuff? What decorations? Uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, uh, decorations aren't uh, going to make or break a wedding for me. Let's just put it that way. I, uh, I care more about having a good time and, um, you know, getting to know new people, making connections and, um, just, you know, making overall great memories. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a weird ex assumption, Travis, what do you normally notice about the food and the bar? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's see here. How much time do we have left? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so the food right away. Um, I, I will say a couple things. Number one, the meal has to be a substantial portion because you're going to probably be doing a lot of drinking. So right away you look at this and you go, man, I'm going to have to order a pizza or uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> otherwise the, the only thing that is nice with food too is uh, snacks. So if, if they do have snacks out for you to grab, those are always great. Also um, a lot of people will do like a second meal, like hot ham sandwiches or pizzas, you know, towards the end of the night too, um, which is also appreciated. Now, when we're talking about the bar, the first question that always pops up in my mind is, is it open bar? Um, so that is super important. And you also need to um, keep in mind, you know, how much you're going to tip them. So you, you kind of look at how fancy of a bar, how fancy of a place is it? So those are kind of the, the few things that pop, in, pop up in my head right away. Excuse me. So from the guy, make sure that you have starches on the, uh, the dinner and make sure that the late night food is something that's uh, seriously considered. Uh, any, anything different that you notice, Amanda? Um, so I love food and it's nice, like Travis said too, when you're drinking, you know, you get hungry. So you wanna be able to start off good so you don't get too drunk too fast. You can keep dancing and partying. And then late night snacks is probably one of my favorite things that has been proven for majority of the weddings I go to. It's nice because, you know, it's kind of like they're thinking about you. Um, they want you to be hungry, but also be having fun and then be fed and still keep having fun. So um, I love when they've got steak or like nice beef portions at dinner and then um, potatoes and salads and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely having late night snacks is great. Having open bars even better. I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to make sure I stay till the very end of your wedding. That's for sure. So outstanding steak, potatoes, pizza and an open bar. <laughs> Oh. I'm there. <laughs> Travis, do you have any arguments? <laughs> no, no. Just make it like a, an old country buffet style wedding. That sounds great right. to me. Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. So I feel like you've touched on a lot of this, but uh, Amanda, at the end of the night, they've gotten you to stay for the entire time. 
what is the uh, you know thing that sticks out the most that makes you just say, I'm so happy that I came to this wedding. This is the best night. And I'm just so glad that I was here for this. What's, what's the thing that sticks out? Yeah, so I like to hang out the whole time on the dance floor and dance a lot. So if I'm, you know, sweaty and having a great time and have drank my drinks and enjoyed my late night snacks and I look around and there's still a big group of people that were still there, I feel like that's a definitely, definitely a successful wedding. And, you know, spending that time with everybody and where you don't want it to end, that's, that's the best part for me. So. So do you go out after if you uh, have the wedding Absolutely. that's that good? Okay. Yeah, why not? So, so <laughs> making sure. sure that somebody has a handle on the after party is important as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. a game plan as to where you're going to go, who, who's drinking what next. Outstanding. Travis, what's the, what's the thing that gets you? Well, you can pretty much judge a night by how many people are on the dance floor right when the wedding ends. So uh, if you still got, you know, 20, 30 people out there, you can pretty much say it was a good wedding. Uh, when it comes to after party, I'd say that's pretty much a must. Um, unless, you know, unless your location is more remote, then you can pretty much count on going back to the hotel and maybe hanging out in somebody's room or in the lobby, et cetera. So in other words, the best weddings are the ones where the staff is a little aggravated at how long it's taken to get people out of the door. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Ang- angry staff <laughs> equals good night. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not your job to worry about that. It's the uh, vendors that they hired to, to mitigate any of that type of, uh, type of tension. Exactly. So, so let me ask you this. If there was one thing that you would love to say to your peers that are planning a wedding, what would it be? Travis, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, let's see here. Well, if you're planning a destination wedding, Keep in mind everything you're asking for. So you're asking them to take off work. You're asking them to then get a suit. You're asking them to pay for all that travel for your wedding. So I guess um, what I would say is be cost conscious because also remember that this guy or girl is probably also going to have to go to about four or five more of these weddings that same year. So just keep that in the back of your mind. And what would yours be, Amanda? Um, so a lot of my girlfriends seem overwhelmed and don't really know where to begin when they're planning a wedding. Um, so I would just tell a lot of people, don't stress. You know, like it's supposed to be the best time of your life. It's so much fun. It's all worth it. I promise. <laughs> um, you know, but with obviously everything going on right now, take into consideration when your wedding is, because with everything going on, people are, you know, fitting two wedding seasons into one next year and even the year after. So um, get a head start on some stuff, at least the big things, the little things will, they'll, they'll come. Um, you've got time to do some of those, but big things that are important to you, make sure that they stay important to you. So, um, you know, I always tell people pick like your top five favorite things and spend your money on those. Everything else will fall into place. Um, so, you know, just try not to get too stressed, have fun, enjoy it. You hopefully only do it once, but it all works out in the end and it was totally worth it. I promise. All right. Since you addressed the elephant in the room that we were avoiding, um, 2020 has been kind of a uh, throwaway year for the vast majority of it. And um, all the things that we were talking about, the the typical trend of being invited to 10 weddings and going to five, I'm going to make an assumption that that hasn't exactly happened that way. So think back to the beginning of 2019. 
until now, what is the coolest thing, Amanda, that you have seen at a wedding that just sticks out in your mind that you'll never forget? Yeah, so there was one, um, and they had this giant screen that was behind the dance floor, behind the DJ booth, and it was huge. It was probably floor to ceiling type screen, huge, like huge. It just filled up this whole wall. And they had it have their last name during dinner, um, and then it, they showed their video on that. And then during the dancing time, it, you know, moved to the music and it was able to light up and it just gave such a really cool kind of like club atmosphere. Um, I thought that was amazing and I wish I could have done that for mine. So. Standing Travis, what's the, what's the coolest thing that jumps out in your mind? The bar that was open for two hours after and they were the after party too? <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd say the number one thing that's just sticking out right now was like the venue itself. I went to one wedding where they booked like an entire, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, in, um, like the, you know, like the Bradley center for us here. Right. So like one of those huge, huge kinds of places where, you know, you have to take an escalator up the stairs just to get to the ballroom, which had like a thousand people in there, which right away made me question like, what, what is this girl's last name or like, does she come from the family of Kennedys? I mean, the amount of money that must have been spent at that wedding was unreal. Um, it, it was just more of an awe factor, I guess. So did you seriously just out yourself being in Milwaukee and talk about the Bradley Center instead of the new Pfizer Forum? <laughs> it, it's the Bradley Center. It's always going to be the Bradley Center. And Miller Park's also, also always going to be Miller Park. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right <laughs> okay so Travis I'm going to stay with you here for a minute of all the weddings that you've attended think back what is the craziest story that you and your your buddies still talk about that you saw at a wedding I don't think I can say all of those stories here on this podcast but uh, let's so see act here. like you're uh, act like you're the best man and you're giving a toast. What's the what's the craziest story that you can actually say in front of grandma and grandpa and sanitize as appropriate? Keep it appropriate. Uh, the craziest story from a wedding. Okay, I've got a really good one actually. So <laughs> I actually attended a wedding, which we learned at the wedding was actually a three-year anniversary party. So. <laughs> We, we all learned at the same time their parents learned as well. So it was a grand speech. And oh, no. I, think, I, I think the amount of, uh, the amount of you know, jaws dropped was kind of what made it stick the most. But like, then it was, you know, it was one of our college buddies. So then there was those college guys who were just kind of like giggling, dying on the floor because like we kind of knew because she was from another country. And we were like, mm, she's kind of been here a little long. What's going on here? So yeah, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that's, that's definitely the most memorable, I would say. All right. So we've seen the bomb drop in real time and oh, uh, yeah. you got to find out how many cousins were just thrilled. They didn't get to be part of this. Uh, and, mom uh, and stepmom. Those were the, those were the worst reactions. That, that was almost great. tears. That's great. Amanda, what's yours? <laughs> um, so I actually attended a wedding where a bride spent $10,000 on her cake alone. Um, it, she wanted it to be this like golden looking castle. I love cake, but not that much. Um, so that was a little insane for me. I can't believe that she would have uh, spent the money there, but hey, it's her day, whatever she wanted to do, I guess go for it. But 
Wow. So how long, how long ago was that wedding? Um, oh gosh, I think it was maybe two years ago. Do you remember what it Three tasted like? Not even at all. <laughs> I yeah. don't even remember yeah. what flavor it was. I just remember I looked at it and I was like, that's a bit much. Yeah. So you, uh, you looked at her and said, this is crazy and I would never do that. And, uh, that's, that's the memory. It was probably yeah. stale. <laughs> yeah. Right. No Jeez. kidding. <laughs> Jeez. All right, guys. Well, this has been great stuff. I, uh, I really appreciate everything and, uh, want to thank Amanda and Travis again for a great discussion. So for everybody listening, you heard it here from your friends. They love going to weddings. They're fun. They want to see everybody. They want to take a break from life. They want to relive the glory days and they want to get the old crew back together. They want you to make sure that you do have your perfect day and take care of your families. But really the weddings that your friends are going to remember the most fondly are the ones that are the laid back, easy to navigate days that end up with a raucous party and a dance floor, just listening to the bangers. Absolutely. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful thoughts as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Josh, and this is the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast, where we believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. Happy wedding planning! We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info.